Hello and welcome back to Get In My Basket. It's different this week. We warned you it would happen and it's happened and Jamie's no longer with us. He's just on holiday, he's not gone anywhere. And we have you boy. Hello Hecky, how are you lad? Very good, thank you for having me. Happy to be on here. Excited. Good, Excited. I'm a little bit nervous about having you on the podcast. You're, you're, you're not the newest member of the company but you are one of the new members of the team this year. When did you start, Jan? Yeah, Jan, 4th of Jan. Jan. Oh, you remember it well. Yeah. Good to know. Is it in the diary? The best day of my life. Yeah, good. Um, well, yeah, this week Jamie's away, so I thought we'd get Hector on, who he leads growth here at 303, working on many exciting projects. Um, but also, you've, you've worked in digital for a little while now, so you can discuss the things we normally discuss, which is very exciting. But um, yeah, before we get into the main bulk of it, tell, tell us a little about what you get up to at 303. Just give us a little insight. Oh, okay. All right. So I would say sit across various kind of pods of the company, which is nice. A lot of diversity. So work very closely with the client services team. Yep. Also sit on some of the bigger accounts we have at the business, which is really exciting. Yep. Lots of different projects constantly coming in. And then also help, I guess, growing out different service lines. Mm -hmm. I think a growth role always sits at like the intersection of like sales and yep. product development. Yep. And that's kind of where I slot it in quite nicely. So yeah, a nice description. Multifaceted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Well, let's get into the main. You've listened to the podcast obviously before, right? Every episode. Every single episode. Okay, good. Well, there's two sections we want to go through. The first thing is what's hot, which is normally about a brand that we like, and the second section is the bulk of the basket. And for those that are not subscribed, head over to 303.london and you'll be able to subscribe to said newsletter. You ready to get into it? I've also, because it's your first time on the podcast, I've, given, I've got a little surprise okay. that you kind of know about, but I thought it'd be fun to do. This week's What Hot is actually here for you to try. Oh, for you to taste. a taste so session. Oh, Christ, it's heavy. Right. This week is Jubal. Do you know about this? I have heard of them, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, this but week, we, we want to talk a little bit about these guys. There's, there's a lot of, um, have I got, I can open this here. Right, as I as I open said package, let me tell you a little bit more about them. You you're quite a you're quite a drinker, aren't you? I enjoy a drink, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you like you like going absolutely, you know, steamboat. Um, well, you what what do you normally go to? What's your what's your go to? What my go to drink? Yeah. I like I like an IPA. Uh, to be fair... So you like it a bit fruity? Yeah, a bit fruity is nice. Fine. Well, these guys... I don't know how long these guys have actually been around, but I remember going to Sainsbury's, so not online, and finding these guys um, in a bottle. And yeah. Let me just get that. And, uh, yeah, I basically went in. I love the branding so much. But um, take one out. There you go. So this is Jubal Peach, uh, or beer with peach. This looks cool. Looks very cool. This looks cool. Let me move this... So yeah, I went into Sainsbury's once and they had it in a bottle and I was like, the first thing that got me is this really nice, clean, clean branding. At yeah. the time I was like, oh, that's quite nice. But I tried it and it's probably my favorite, one of my favorite, I would put it in the top three. And I'm not like, I don't drink a lot, yeah. but I was like, this is the shit. What is it about the, the flavor that you like so much? Well, let's have a little taste. <laughs> It is also, we, just for we, clarity, it's 9am on a Friday. Yeah, I was going to say, I quite literally haven't had my breakfast yet. <laughs> Cheers, sir. Cheers. It's also a bit warm, so apologies. Fantastic. Really fruity. Peachy. That's delicious. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's when it's really, chilled, really nice. it's very nice. It's kind of in between like a, 
what I would describe as like a cider and then like a nice hoppy IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess why we want to talk about them this week is we're talking a lot about community management in the newsletter this week. And I think what these guys are doing is really nurturing and looking after the people that interact with their brand. Yeah. So I think as soon after I first tried them, I obviously followed them on social platforms and straight away you're getting the kind of content that I want to see. And you are you can see that they are, you know, they do loads of stuff where they're out on the streets, obviously around with COVID, like they're sharing out beers, they're getting content. Everything they put out is about the community. For sure. Talk, you, you know, you've worked with many brands by this stage. So talk to me a little bit about how you think community is super important to a small, even like a brand that is in a very saturated market. There's hundreds of them. And like, you know, why is that, why is that important to success? Yeah, definitely. I think as well as the obvious note of inclusion. So people feeling like they're not only bought into buying the product itself, but they buy into the lifestyle and the yeah. lifestyle that that brand offers. Yeah. I feel like community nowadays on social is all about transparency. Mm. People crave that so much. And that's something that social has just, has been a catalyst for. Yeah. is giving a bit of an insight to the brand and whether it's the employees, whether it's behind the scenes stuff, whether it's the manufacturing process and showing bits of sustainability that go on within the company. Mm. I think that is now so much part of the community is like getting what is going on behind the forefront of the brand involved. For sure. And these guys do that really well, to be honest. And like for those, obviously, I'm not going to drink this whole beer at 9am on a Friday. You, I will be you finishing might. mine. <laughs> but um, they, are, they are very much growing and they are doing a lot in terms of sustainability. They're actually vegan as well, as I've just seen. I'm yep. not vegan, but big up the vegans. Um, Branding's wicked and what they're doing is really cool. So if you don't know, get to know. And they are online, of course, but they are also... We actually got this from Amazon. Oh, nice. The Amazon play has been good. You get everything from Amazon, though, so I'm not surprised. Hey, Amazon is just a vibe. Um, <laughs> right, well, let's, let's continue. Community management. I want to I wanna take it back a little bit. I want to take you back in time a little bit here. Let's you do know, it. To, you know, the younger Hector. Oh, you know, God. The younger, a dangerous man. Um, <laughs> I guess, what, what, what do you remember your like early stages of social platforms? Obviously, we always talk about the big fish in, not Facebook, because it's very, I, I see that as hugely about like, you know, people to people. Yeah. I don't really see brand presence massively on Facebook. I think there's importance there. But within Instagram and Twitter, which mm -hmm. I think is a, two big plays, but also now the other platforms. Let's go back to Instagram and Twitter, the big fish when they launched. Yeah. What do you remember around like how much you could engage with a brand in like the very early stages of being on that platform? Yeah. So like as an example, if you know, now people see a brand, they go, I'll check them out on Instagram. For sure. Back in the day, you would find the brands there and they would be reaching for massive followings. What does that what does that feel like for you? What do you remember from those days? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I totally agree. Previously you would find a brand through a website. Like that's how you would get to know a company. Yeah. And now it is obviously you will just search them on social. That is yeah. the first thing you'll do. I think with Twitter, I was actually never really someone who jumped on Twitter straight away, mm. but I actually use it a lot now. And the reason I think it works so well is because it's like direct contact with people yeah. on a very personal level. For sure. You can tweet A-list celebs, you can tweet CEOs. Yeah, completely. But like back in, I mean, let's say 2017, 2018, mm. God knows what you were doing at that point. <laughs> but just in those times, you were probably on the platform, but I know you were on the platform. Yeah. Like, how did you perceive like what the platform was for? Did you just see it as like, everyone just needs to get loads of followers and it means your business is successful? Yeah, exactly. I think that was it. It was like the vanity metric of how many people can I get? Yeah. What it looks like of going into what I'm doing. And yeah. I think that was what Instagram was. And that was its inception was like, 
give people a cool image of something, they will follow you and that's a successful brand. Yeah. Whereas obviously now we know that it's just simply not the case. Do you think that's quite an archaic view in terms of, do you think that, like, because I agree, right? My okay, I guess what I'm trying to lead you into is that we all remember the platforms where you're really sinking that beer, fantastic <laughs> beverage. Um, we all remember those days where, like, you would you would launch a, a profile on any of these platforms, and you'd be like, right, the goal is to get as many followers as possible yeah, yeah. and post eighty five thousand times a day. Yeah, which look, I th- still think there's some metrics in there to think about, but they were so important. That's what all everyone really cared about, right? It was yeah. just how many people would follow the brand. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's pure vanity back then? Do you think brands were just like, we just need to be the biggest possible business and the followers are a reflection of that? For sure. I think to a certain extent at first it was, that is, that is like the headline figure. Yeah. It still debatably is the one, it's the top center of the page, right? And Mm. I think for companies when they were starting out, it's a new platform. We need to be ahead of the competition. What is the Mm. most obvious metric we can judge that by? Yeah. It's follower count. Whereas now... It is not really about that at all, I don't think. For sure. And like that follow account, do you think that that was actually representative of a success of a business? So like, mm. I'm trying to think of an example that is kind of from back then, but like, you know, we, almost the early emergers of people or brands who would go on those platforms and, you know, gain a, a big following. Yeah. Do you actually think those people were even buying from the brand? I mean, debatably, no. It's it's a weird one, right? Like, I remember having clients back then, and I know that there were some, though, it was like, yeah, they have massive reach and massive engagement. But yeah. I guess what's decreased in that time is the engagement rate. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and what I mean by engagement rate is I probably follow 100 or 200 different brands on, on Instagram, and I probably only engage with, like, five of them mm. that I actually buy from. And I think that number is actually, that kind of, like, um, conversion rate, if you think of it like that, has always sort of been underneath. Yeah. I, I actually think that we were in a bubble. Yeah. So with the bubble that we were in, and, and this is very much like blanket approach. I know there's some examples that aren't in this bit, but it feels like we've kind of all of a sudden woken up to the fact of actually our followers just a vanity metric for a brand. Mm. They're a true representation of your audience. And actually, is it just this classic thing of like, because... Uh, it was a time where, and I don't know if you remember this from your, from your other, other days in other agencies, where like you'd get 10K so you could get a swipe on Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's how like much do people care about that? Yeah. Was it yeah. a big, like for the, for the brands you were working with outside of 303, was that a big deal to like try and hit 10K? Was that always the yeah, thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to be fair as well, before I joined 303 at the previous agency I was at, we were working with smaller companies and yeah. I think they still had that mindset of before we create that community, we just want to have some kind of reach, which yeah. I still don't necessarily agree is always the best approach Mm. i think it also does differ across various industries yeah like if you work in a passion driven sector like some of our clients for example like collecting cars we've done a lot of work with they are in a passion driven industry where people buy into the brand because they love cars yeah i think that it is less so in some other spaces but there in that kind of space it's easy to grow a huge following Mm. and try and then convert some of those audience members into customers and i guess it's just what the like you know, we're still kind of talking about 2017, 2018 for, for a second here. Mm. But like, I guess it's the objective of, I think it's just how people saw these platforms. Yeah. I genuinely believe, and to be honest, I probably believed it too, of like, if I got a million followers on a brand account, I would have a million customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think we've passed that now, which I think is a great thing. But we are past that. Where are we now? And I think that's obviously the main topic of today is like, how do we use these organic platforms now? Like what, what are the purposes of them? And I think the first one to start on is, is maybe Twitter yeah. because Twitter is a very interesting platform for what we would call customer service. Mm. I think we've all seen the tweets of like people 
DMing BA when they've lost their luggage, right? Yeah. But that is still the kind of almost like a muscle memory for some people. They're still doing that. How do you see Twitter to be used as a, from a brand perspective to get engaged with either current customers or potential customers? How, how do you yeah. think they can do that? I think Twitter is a really interesting one because it is the most reactive platform. Yeah. So let's say, for example, you see a debate going on on Twitter about a product that you have. Yeah. It is an amazing opportunity to jump straight in and like give your take on the situation, give value and like educate yeah. the audience in yeah. the most direct way. Yeah. Debatably, you can do that in like the comment section of, for example, on something like Instagram. For sure. But I feel like Twitter Twitter is a much more open platform because it is the, the platform is predicated on words on copy. And do you think like again we, we talk very blanketly across DTC brands as like someone you work with, someone you see, whatever it might be. So there's no there's obviously going to be some examples that jump the net here. But do you see people using Twitter from a brand perspective to be more reactive than proactive to engage with audiences? Mm. So what I mean by that is that I think what you're saying is completely right. But I think that what a lot of brands aren't doing is using Twitter because there is a certain audience on these platforms. You've got like a Twitter audience that, you know, they're a little bit outspoken, they're happy to pile in, they're happy yeah. to complain, but equally they sometimes are happy to, you know, spread positivity around a brand if something's happened. For sure. And I think people just think of it as like, oh, we need Twitter because if it all kicks off, they'll come to us there. Exactly. As opposed to thinking about the opposite. And I guess that opposite is what can you do to engage with that audience on Twitter? Yeah. You know, what is stopping a brand from tweeting about every single one of their followers and asking them what, you know, how's the day going? What, how they enjoy the product? You know, what yeah. is really stopping that? I know it's a very like random approach, but sure. is the value there? And, and my question to you is, do you think Twitter will always just be this sort of like, for a brand, like customer service? Yeah. It's not huge on like day-to-day -day engagement, is it? Yeah, no, it's definitely not huge on day-to-day -day engagement. I think one other thing it does really, really well at is like blowing up certain bits of content because yeah. of just the way the algorithm works. Right. But I do agree with you. I think it's definitely something that people are just reactive on. Yeah. And for a lot of brands, it's like a box ticking exercise. It's like, we need a Twitter account in case people get involved. Yeah. In case there's something interesting that happens on the platform that we can like harvest content from. Yeah. Rather than let's push a really cool strategy like we have on Instagram, like mm. we have on TikTok. We've got mm. a bespoke strategy. I think it intends to be just like a resharing platform yeah. and getting in touch, as you say, on like yeah. a reactive basis. No, completely. So yeah, a bit of an untapped. I keep source. drinking this thinking it's just water. It's like a juice. <laughs> it's it's like, genuinely like, it's like a juice. Robinson's is, uh, <laughs> is it? Um, I, I actually need to get something else to drink because I've just brushed my teeth as well. So it's a bit like a bit a of a... Colgate uh, jubel. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, okay, well, yeah, I think Twitter's got its place. The two other platforms I guess I want to talk about, one is, is just generally on meta, and I think the yeah. first thing to talk about is community management within ads, Okay, which I think, and I know we've spoken briefly about this the other, the other week, but obviously we run a, a lot of ads at 303 for many clients, and when you're running ads on within meta, so either Facebook or Instagram, there is going to be opportunities where people are commenting on those ads, yeah. they still do. Have you seen Huel's responses? You know Huel, the brand? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. They have the best community management when it comes to ads. Yeah. Because, like, like we've spoken about this a lot, like, people are sick of ads in some forms. They're sick of seeing the same deals, everything always on discount, whatever it might be, it's, it's natural. But what Huel do a lot of the time is if people comment in the ads, they will go in and start the conversation live on ad. On, yeah. the, on, on the ad, that individual ad. That. And often they will leave that ad running in the background on low spend. Mm -hmm. Which I think is just genius because 
in what other world do, you, do consumers have an opportunity to comment on advertising? You can't do it on TV, you can't do it on out of home, and you can't also do it on some other platforms. Like you, I don't think you can comment on Twitter ads. I don't think you, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really exist. Whereas you can comment on, I think you can do it on TikTok, but you can comment on meta ads yeah. as, a, as a buyer. So if you've brought the product before and you see the ad and you just want to go, this product shit, yeah. a lot of audience, a lot of brands delete that. Mm. What do you think is the best strategy? Delete or engage? Oh, sorry to hear that. Like, you know, you know, I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, for sure. I would personally say never delete. And I think a really? lot of brands, especially like smaller startup companies, maybe yeah. they're worried about their initial image because yeah. it's that one shot, one opportunity. Yeah, that's an Eminem lyric, by the way, <laughs> to, uh, to to launch the brand. So they worry that any negative feedback is going to kind of hinder the 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 possibility of like how they enter the market. Yeah. I think negative comments are just an opportunity for like engagement. It's another element of the community. Like that is what a community is. Yes. Like everything is always positive. Yeah. There is going to be negative stuff in there. Yeah. And I think if you can bounce off the back of that and utilize that for the brand, that's just a massive win. It's obviously scary though, right? If you're like doing, and let's talk really small D to C, you're like, you know, if you've got a small agency or you're doing it yourself, like having the confidence to, comment back if someone's left something negative is quite a bold move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> I guess what you're getting at is you think that it gives more personality behind a brand because people, and we talk about this in the newsletter, like people are buying from people. Yeah, like, exactly. If you're Kim Kardashian, people buy Skims, I want to say it is her brand. Yeah, yeah Skims, yeah, yeah. because it's her brand. And people forget that. There are only, there are only like probably under a thousand mega brands, maybe even less, that people buy because of the brand. Yeah. But even that, like Gucci goes back to the Gucci family. Like there's, there's all those, the relationships. Of course. That psychology is still within the world we live in today. People will buy from Jubal because the founders are on LinkedIn, the team are always posting, it's massive community focus, right? Yeah. So I guess it, when you're a smaller brand, having the confidence to engage in negativity from a community management perspective, mm. do you think that's, that's a big move or do you think it's you just have to? I think I think it's a big move, but I know this is the most annoying answer. I think it's a big move, but you have to. Mm. Like it is you are so exposed yeah. in terms of those ads. Everyone can see them. Mm. Everyone can see how you're engaging. Yeah. But I think it's a it's a must. Yeah. Granted, sometimes there are just some heinously rude comments and you might just have to ignore them. <laughs> but I would still rather leave them there than yeah. delete them because it gives other members of the community to actually tap into that and, yeah. and see that as like an opportunity to spark debate or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I would I would say they are part of just like the organic growth organic growth of a business. There is always going to be negative crap mm. that comes in. It's just part and parcel of like running a company. Yeah, for sure. So own it. And, and yeah, I think you're, you're completely right. So... Let's move into kind of, I guess, the, the main area where people probably associate community management with, which is obviously going to be Instagram and probably TikTok now. Yeah. Would, you would say be the big two platforms for, for community sure. interactions. Because uh, that's really what we're saying with community management now and what we're saying when it comes to running organic platforms is like everyone can manage a content diary now. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're proud to be able to shoot the best content for that content diary and that calendar and, and putting that content out. But it's what you're doing massively above that that's really important i think mm. taking us back to 2017 2018 again there was a time where like all your focuses were follow for follow with people like like follow everyone like everyone's posts run like always have loads of hashtags and yeah. posts three times a day that was like that was kind of the toolkit right that was the if you want to have a successful instagram page go and do this and then maybe run some ads yeah now it is still do some of those things but actually, if you've got 200 followers following your small brand, are each of them really engaged? Yeah. Because do you think that they're like, 
let's not name any brands, but there's easily brands we could think of that have 10,000 followers. Do you think that they're about 10,000 customers? Do you no. think they even hit 10,000 customers yet? No, 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 no. So how, how do audiences engage those? That Like, what do you think the strategy is? Do you think it is, right, as we grow from scratch, we need to engage with every single one of them mm-hmm. and not worry about growing the number because it will grow organically when we have... Like, if, we, if I had 200 customers in my first month of starting a new brand, yeah. you'd be like, that's pretty decent. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And people don't have that. Or do you, do you think they do? Like, do you think there are examples that do have that? I mean, I guess there are always going to be brands that if they just have like a really impressive launch, they're going to have that. But mm. I think it's I think it's more like a long-term game of nurturing those customers. And nurturing yeah. is a slightly weird term to use, but I think no, no, it is I, I just, it. just focus on what you have, nurture yeah. those people, give them what they want to see, let them like open the floor for discussion and let it be a really organic community. And I would much rather have 5,000 super engaged people who are likely yeah. to be customers they don't only buy the products, but they're bought into the lifestyle. They're bought into the brands, I guess, like core ethoses and values. They yeah. align with them perfectly rather than having 500,000 followers who are just there for a random content series that I put out once a month. Mm. I think and, it's so much more valuable. No, I, I completely agree with you, which is which is useful. Um, how, how do you engage them? That's the, that's the question that yeah. probably everyone has by 20 minutes into our podcast is like, Cool, you're saying community management's important, you've set the seeds for it, but like how how do we engage with we have a thousand followers on our page, we're a we're a DTC brand, they can easily buy our products online. What do we do to get them engaged? Are we thinking about like what content to post? Yeah. Like, what, what what are the things here? Yeah, I mean I think first and foremost you need to think what type of content is it? And I don't mean is it stills as a video, I mean like is it educational, is it entertainment, is yeah. it promotion? Yeah if you just promote all the time and you promote, even if you're not promoting the product itself, but you're just promoting the lifestyle, Mm. people become numb to that so quickly. And so you have to kind of like tee people up for that sale. Mm. So listening to what they want, seeing the content that they engage with on an organic basis and feeding them that and giving them that to kind of, you know, chew over before you ask people to buy from you. I think that is the best way to nurture an audience. Whether you give value or you educate them on the actual product, whether with Jubel, for example, it's, like the vegan carbon neutral aspect. You educate people on the importance of that. Then you give some value or some entertainment around some cool, I know they do some stuff like Apre Ski, right? Yeah. Some cool footage around that. Then you ask people to buy. I think that's like the ultimate way to nurture a community. But you you do just have to do the less interesting part of like analyzing the numbers and stuff. Yeah. Do do you think, do you think people like brands should really be worrying about likes? I would say likes, again, aren't really a massive metric. I, mm. I personally see things like shares and comments yeah. as a far more important metric to judge yeah. a successful piece of content by. And, and is, is, do you think, like, let's say, you're, let's say you're an in-house social media manager for a brand, it's really hard to like, tell your bosses, like, we're not going to worry about how many followers we have or how many likes we have. We're just going to try and get 20 comments in each of our posts. Yeah, That's, a, like, again, a pretty hot... Even now, it's quite like... What's the point in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how do you explain that? How do you explain that to, you know, anyone? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think you kind of have to give them a nutshell of like what we've just spoken about. It's, mm. do you want someone doing the shallow effort that it takes to like double tap the post? Or you yeah. engage someone so deeply that they feel that they want to give their opinion and spend time to like put a thought into that piece of content? Yeah, because I guess one one thing you wouldn't, you know a lot about and I do too is like the car world. Car yeah. car pages and brands have that. That is their strength. They have yeah. like 
I mean, Audi just launched their new car the other day. Obviously, Audi is a huge brand, not necessarily, well, it's DC, but like it's, it's, a, it's a big, they've got a big presence. Sure. On their launch, there was hundreds of thousands of comments yeah. because people have really engaged with it. And it's the same yeah. with collecting cars. They get multiple comments on their stuff. Yeah. It's the same with a few other R brands that have multiple, you know, they're in very niches, if it's fitness, if it's health, whatever it might be, fashion possibly as well. But the, the, the gaming of comments and like actual genuine interaction, I, I have some ideas of how to get that. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I think what, you know, my thoughts have always been, if, you're, if you've got someone running an account and they're spending 40 hours a week on it and they're splitting their time up as to like, right, I'm going to post this much, I'm going to create this much content, blah, blah. Mm. I, I generally think it's worth testing. Stop spending time on the posts, everything like that, and focus on DMing every single follower yeah. and seeing if they're genuinely interested in your page and then asking them, well, if you're not, maybe just unfollow us. Yeah, yeah. I know it's really random. I know it doesn't really make much sense, but like, and a lot of people would be like, we want the volume. And I, I get that. Like, I, I don't understand why, but really now anymore, but I get why. Mm. Um, why they think it's kind of important. But I guess that that genuine interaction of saying like, reaching out to someone randomly and saying, we're from Jubal. We just want to know if you tried it yet. Do you yeah. like it? What do you think of the peach? Yeah. And starting that conversation and actually having someone just talking with customers all day, every day. Yeah. What do you think that would gain anything? I mean, for sure. I think like the authenticity behind that would mm. gain something in itself. And people now and brands are like known for their customer service and how they yeah. interact with people on social. Yeah. To take us back because of that whole transparency thing. Mm. People don't just want to know what the product's like. They want to know how the company deals with their customers. Yeah. So I can yeah hundred percent see that. Because it's like, you know, there. again, let's just use Jubal for example, if that, you know, they have the outpro ski vibe, they have a very like community sort of socialing, socializing aspect to the brand. Yeah. Like you could DM every single one of their followers and say like, oh, have you, have you hit the slopes this season? Yeah. And yeah. like, what would that gain? Would that gain much more than spending a shitload of time creating content that sometimes doesn't get seen because it's actually going to work better if you just use it in ads or you use it in another format? Obviously post it for sure, but I think there's a lot of time spent, you know, faffing yeah. and not actually like, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. not actually engaging with with audiences and making them interested and engaged in what you're doing. So I think it's a weird, I, I, like it's a strategy we're probably going to test out and, and see what happens. I guess one more thing on Instagram is stories. Yeah. And the interactiveness of those stories, because that is huge for community engagement. You, you just talked me through that. You, you know what to say there. <laughs> what, like, what did it used to be like and what is it like now? I mean, you literally used to be able to put like a post up and write with like the pen tool. Yeah. No one writes with the pens anymore. No one does that. I don't no know why. Everyone just gave up on it and yeah. now everyone just types it. Yeah, I think yeah, it's because yeah. it's such a small screen. It's such a small yeah. screen. But like, yeah, where are we now? Where are we now with that? Yeah, I think stories are because of just what has happened with the app, everything is kind of clogged with paid on Instagram now. Stories are still like a pretty cool way to just get a decent amount of reach in amongst your followers. Yeah. I am a huge advocate for like interactive stories, whether that is polls, yeah. whether that is a quiz, whether that's even injecting like a weekly series onto your story. Yeah. I absolutely Do love you think that stories is where the, the content volume is? For sure. I yeah. mean, because you can do so much with it. Like not only can you have your own bespoke series on there, you can reshare posts that you've posted onto there, ask people what they think of it on yeah. the story. You can also put UGC on there, yeah. re, as in resharing stuff that you're tagged in. Yeah. It's just so multifaceted, to throw yeah. that word in there again. Big word. As, <laughs> big word. As a tool. So yeah, I think stories are definitely something which are quite untapped. And people tend to do that kind of middle point I mentioned as the go-to strategy on stories. They just reshare something they've posted. I think 
Yeah. Like, there is so much to be won from that. And it's a great way to engage with the community. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and I think generally the best example, even if you're not interested in it, and obviously we talk about F1 all the time, but F1's Instagram channel is yeah. incredible for this. So good. They every Like the season kicks off this weekend, so... That's why we're doing this quite early. Um, but like you go on, you've got like a quiz from like who won the race in like 1999 for the same. Like it's just genius because like yeah. you're so interactive with it. Yeah. And they, I mean, they must have one of the most engaged pages. For sure. In, for in sure. the space. And even if you're selling, you know, beer, if you're selling clothing, whatever it is you're selling as a DTC brand, if you can engage your audience in that way, being interactive, enjoying the stories, like... Everyone knows the demographics of their audience now, right? Mm. Everyone's spent so much time talking about it and, and doing it and looking into it. But, like, I could tell you probably what, like, most beer brands are into. Mm. I could even pick ones out and say, like, those people are probably into fitness. They're probably into cars. They're probably into, like, going to these locations on holiday, whatever it might be. Yeah. You don't have to just create content around the brand. You can create content around what the people that love the brand are also interested in, right? Yeah. And not many people do that. Yeah. It's always just like sell, 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 sell. Exactly. Which, does it work? No. Not organically. Yeah. But there we are. Right, let's move into your favorite channel. TikTok. Ah, oh, me love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right, just talk us through like brand work on TikTok and how yeah. to really get get with the audiences that are there, I guess. Engage with them is a word I was Engage with them. I feel sure. like engage is just a word that you just say over and over know, again when you talk about it's, it, it's such a buzzword, but it, it, it's good because it, it's just the umbrella of everything. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. I Give mean, me a quick style guide. Okay, quick style guide to TikTok is be organic. Don't try and make super polished content that works on Instagram, for example, and post it on TikTok. Create stuff that is trending whether it's a music, whether so, it's... So, sorry, what do you... Go, just go back one. When no, you I say don't make it the same as Instagram, do you mean, like, let's say we had shot a really cool film? Yeah. You don't just post that on TikTok? Yeah, sorry. I'll give a bit more context to that. So, something that is shot for Instagram Reels, maybe there might have gone, been a lot of edit time that's gone into the grade of that film, that's gone yeah. into the shots being in sync with the music on that film... Stuff that is ultra polished and high end does not necessarily work on TikTok. Mm. People have different theories for it. The main reason I feel is because it looks like an ad yeah. and people are on TikTok because it is an organic platform and it yeah. doesn't, it's not yet saturated with ads. So yeah. when they see something that looks like that, they just think, get out of my face. Like yeah. I, I'm here for the raw videos that people within my community or the stuff that I'm into yeah. are creating themselves. Yeah. I don't want to see a corporate view on that. So right. with our clients, we try and make it feel as organic as possible. Yeah. But we we want to inject like a quality aspect. Yeah. So we use a lot of like the built-in tools that are on TikTok, whether that is a trending song or even the, the various voices that they have. Because like if you use the, the voices, same song, but... you'll then put into it. And then yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And also a, a big one for us, and we're testing this a lot, is kind of like sounds and ASMR. Right. On TikTok, creating a sound, whether it's, someone narrating something that is slightly inspirational mm -hmm. being able to take that sound and just paste it over your video mm -hmm. that's an amazing way to blow up a piece of content nice you know whether it's jeremy clarkson saying something about cars people then take what he's saying and film their yeah gti with it or something well, yeah whatever it might be yeah. and what um how, how can brands engage with their audiences there like how yeah we're talking about community management here like it's good to see how the platform works and mm. thank you for your uh, insights but um like how, how, how can brands actually get the engagement there? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. what, what are they looking for? Is it again, the comment section or is it yeah. 
I guess what you it sounds like what you're saying is it's the right content to get people to comment and be interested in what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I think it's commenting again, but it's also like trend setting. Yeah. Like if, if you can create your own trend as a brand, yeah. that people in your community then recreate, yeah. that is like an ultimate win because you've found something that really strikes a chord, yeah. chord with everyone who's getting involved. They then reshare that video. It hits at the top of that feed of recreated videos. It's amazing for your brand's exposure, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But my personal favorite engagement tool on TikTok is that you can reply to a comment with a custom video. Yeah. I so think that's that is huge. so cool. So what can brands do with that? Like run us through how that works and then yeah. run us through what, they could, what, what ideas you would go with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess how that works is, let's say you created a video and it was about your favorite beer. Someone could then in the comments say, oh, that would look amazing on the slopes, for example, if mm -hmm. it was Duval, that would look amazing on the slopes at an apres spraying that all over my mate. Yeah. And you can then take that comment, ha create a video with that comment pinned, yeah. and you can do exactly what they're asking for. So let's say, use it in a more, like, in a more, because I love the idea of just seeing you at the moment on a slope, just absolutely <laughs> shoving it off. Um, but like, let's say someone, you put, you put out a post on TikTok as a brand, yeah. and I think there is a brand that's doing this really well, in America, the skincare brand, but you basically just say like, what would you like to know about our product? Yeah. What, you know, it's a beer. What do you want to know about how it's made? Yeah. People will reply and then you can reply to each of those comments yeah. with a video answer that people would actually engage yeah. with. In, in that sense, it's basically like the world's most efficient survey of what your community yeah. wants to see. It's almost like Twitter elevated like crazy, right? Yeah. What we're saying about Twitter before, like, do people want text replies? Do they want like a, you know, if you're a food brand, for example, and you're mm. selling, I don't know, vegan chicken, like, yeah. And everyone had questions around recipes and they were like, can I have a pasta recipe? And you, your video respond was, this is how I do it. Yeah. There is so much more value in that, right? And also that is engaging content. Yeah. Is it more engaging than Twitter? Probably. Yeah. yeah? Probably, yeah. And that's what people want to see. So what's your, what's your biggest tip with kind of community management within, within TikTok? Is it to think about how you can answer people's like, uh, not concerns, but like questions? Just queries, anything. Yeah. hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think first of all is transparency again like we spoke about at the beginning showing some behind the scenes that is a massive part of it but i yeah. think without a doubt it's like getting involved in the comments section i guess we think of it as tiktok etiquette yeah. which is getting back to people letting them know your thoughts on kind of what they want to see yeah and people because they understand now the community everyone on the app understands how easy it can be to make a tiktok yeah people do demand content from you they'll yeah. be like can you please do this yeah because they know it's easy to film yeah so that is the best way to interact with people you actually do what they've asked and, for. and if you're a brand you want someone spending a lot of time yeah engaging because that like let's kind of wrap things up here but the biggest takeaway is don't just try and spread the message out to everyone all the time Find 10 people today and you make them love your brand even more. Exactly. Do you agree? 100%. Couldn't agree more. Followers is important because obviously you want to build the volume of people that are engaged with your brand. But don't go after 10,000. Go after 1,000 that probably DM you or comment in every single... Like, if I saw a brand, even now, that I never knew about before, let's say it's a clothing brand, and I went on, I saw loads of interaction, loads of comments from people who love the brand, love what it's about. Yeah. You're go the social proofing thing that everyone always throws my way when they're like, oh, but it's social proofing. I'm like, yeah, but people see through that now. Yeah. That's the problem. People yeah. know that everyone's probably got 10,000 followers yeah. or they're verified, whatever it might be. It, it means less. Yeah. Interesting stuff, boy. Fantastic stuff. That is coming to the end of your first podcast. How have you found it? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Oh. I've actually loved it. Good. It's been great. It's fantastic as well. Yeah, a little, little sippy sip. Yeah. Beverage.
Well, thanks very much for coming on, Heck. I really appreciate it. Um, and also, welcome, welcome to the team. Oh, thank you so much. Big moves. Um, thanks very much for everyone for listening. If you've been watching us on YouTube, do subscribe and like the video and comment down below and Hector might respond to you. Um, and also, we are, obviously, if you're listening, sorry, on Apple or Spotify, whatever it might be, do subscribe and like the video. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, head over to 303.london to subscribe. And we will see you next week without Hector, but Jamie will be back. Thank God. Thank <laughs> you.